This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hiya, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast, episode 32, I know, for this Friday, the 9th of April, brought to you by our friends at the Showground Shopping Centre Clonmel, where 10 stores are currently trading, including M&S, Argos Deals and Iceland. And with loads of space, you really do feel it's a safe place to shop. So, how was your week? All good, I hope? Still eating chocolate eggs after Easter? I know I am, and they are still delicious as ever. You can't beat a nice cup of tea and a bit of chocolate egg, can you? So it turns out this week, according to research, that almost half of us in Clonmel have been going beyond our 5K. In fact, dare I say it, over 10K. Is that you? That's what the survey says, not me. Mind you, for Monday, we'll be able to travel in our county, which is good news. But I don't understand this and 20k into the next county. What does it actually mean? Does that mean that we can now travel to Tremor, you know, for a walk on the beach and some fish and chips? Is that what that means? Please let me know. Email the podcast at gmail.com. I'm curious. I want to know. Well done again this week to the Clonmel Tidy Towns volunteers who are doing such an amazing job keeping our town clean and looking wonderful. I salute you guys, I really do. Also this week, Specsavers Clonmel launched Healthy Hearing Month. You can find out more in this week's Nationalist. Nice write-up there. And well done to 50th student Ema Dempsey who represented the Presentation Secondary School in town at this year's BT Young Scientist Competition with her device to help farmers avoid getting a shock from an electric fence. I like that. Well done, Ema. So what's coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast? Well, I chat to John O'Donoghue from John O'Donoghue & Sons Funeral Directors in Kickham Street. Well, come on, I'm curious to know what goes on, aren't you? Surely. The lovely Ina Doyle from the Clonmel Community Soup Kitchen has an update on how things are going there. Got more jobs for you, online bingo, and lots more. All coming up. The Clonmel Podcast. Now, earlier today, I met up socially distanced, of course, with Ina Doyle from the Clonmel Community Soup Kitchen at the railway station for an update to see how things are going on there. I've come to the Clonmel Community Soup Kitchen here at the railway station in Clonmel. I'm speaking to Ina Doyle from the Soup Kitchen. Ina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Good. Now, it's been a while since we checked in. How are things going at the moment? It is, Mark. We're actually very busy. Still very busy. Every Friday, every Tuesday. Uh, people, loads of people bringing in groceries this morning again. And I have to say, we wouldn't be doing this only for the community and all the support we get in Clamel, both from Lidl and Aldi, all over, all over the town. And from Marks and Spencer's this morning, actually, we got a load of stuff in as well. So we have, we're really thankful for all the help we're getting here at the minute. And it comes from far and wide too, doesn't it, Ina, it comes as well? From all over, Not just Mark, yeah. Um, up as far as Emily, we had. We have donations coming down from Emily. Uh, this is our second or third time getting it down here now. So we really appreciate all the stuff that's been brought in. We also came, got in contact with the butchers here in Clanmel, Cunningham's butchers who came on board to uh, supply us with some meat and stuff. Deals, Argos, and Marlfield, Tidy Towns, Pat Kelly and the lads in County Council, and Robert Robbie Fahey, in, mem- in memory of him, who was a very good friend of ours and a great volunteer to us all over the years. I'd also like to say about Shamey, Anne, Edwina, David, Teresa, Owen, Pat, Lorna, Sam, Anna, Alana, Abby and Trish. 
all fantastic volunteers for all over the years. So they give up their time to come here? They give up their time to come here and it's just, they're just so good, like, I can't explain it, really good. And the people of the town of Clonmel, they've been very generous to you as well, haven't they? People at Clonmel drop in stuff here every Friday morning, sometimes on a Thursday, but even this morning, just before I pulled up here, there was lots of people here with boxes shopping for us and different items of toiletries and stuff as well. So I'd just like to say thanks to everyone that's donating any kind of stuff, whether it's small or big, it doesn't matter, just to keep up the good work. Anything at all? Anything at all, we really appreciate it. And if you feel you or you might know someone who is in need of the Clonmel Community Soup Kitchen help, what can they do? They can come up here on a Friday morning between half nine and 12. They'll get their bag shopping at the door and also on a Tuesday night they can call up for shopping as well between five and seven the guys will be here on Tuesday night and it's all private and confidential no questions asked you just come up and you get your bag that's it and we must very e- private we must express too why that you're not government funded in any way no we're not government funded it's all voluntary all this is voluntary and all the things that we do is voluntary and you're relying on the public and, and as you totally mentioned really on the public to, to help us out here and bring up stuff all the time for the last six years we've been doing it here and once again every Tuesday every between Tuesday five, and five and seven and Friday morning from half nine till half twelve and you're here at the lovely old building the old Clonmel railway station yeah, all are welcome to come up anybody at all you just call up to the hatch and we'll give you out a bag and do you find just one final question yeah. that people are looking for stuff more than ever right now more than ever this yes they are now because of the all this COVID and stuff and lots of people are not working they have problem with mortgages rents everything really so everyone is kind of struggling a bit you know so we do our best here to help out as much as we can and nobody needs to be ashamed of coming up or anything else just call to the door Ina Doyle from the Clonmel Community Soup Kitchen here at the railway station in Clonmel it's always a pleasure you do a fantastic job you and your volunteers and thank you for providing this service here in Clonmel thank you for giving us the chance to do this today as well thanks very much Thank you, Wyner. Now, the big news this week in Clonmel was that Liddles are set to purchase the old Chadwick's building in Queen Street, subject to planning approval, which has been vacant for 16 years. I know, that long. Liddles also plan to purchase the Nationalist building and the paper will locate to a new location in the town. That's some really good news. This kind of has me thinking, so if Liddles or Lidl or Lidl, whatever you call it, goes ahead, that means... Tommy Mars on the Western Road, or McDermott as it's now called, will be sandwiched between, no pun intended of course, Aldi and Lidl. And that's a great shop, isn't it McDermott? Everything, I mean everything is in there, and the lovely Kieran as well, who serves behind the counter. What a lovely guy, love going into that shop. This has me now thinking of the old corner shops around the town back in the day. What are your memories of those shops that are no longer with us? I'll name a few. Sells in Irishtown. Top of Irishtown, near the corner there was Sells Shop. Mrs. Wren's in Irishtown. The shop is actually still there. It says Wren's above it as well. Then coming through the town, I'm going to leave one or two of these out. I know I will. You had Gleeson's. Tom and Eileen Gleeson, just around the corner there, before the Gas House Bridge on the old Waterford Road. Store 7-Eleven on the corner. Remember that, of the Waterford Road? Davis Road Stores. Then coming up, say, O'Rahilly Avenue, Father Matthew Terrace, on towards King Street, you would have had Cleary Shop. Tiny little shop. I know it burnt down some years ago. It's been knocked now. And one of my favourite stores, because I lived around the area in Father Matthew Terrace, was 
Paddy O'Gorman's shop in King Street. And God rest his soul, Paddy O'Gorman, who ran that shop with his lovely wife, Phyllis, it was an amazing shop to go into. It really, really was. I was also amazed by Paddy O'Gorman's wrapping. I remember going in there one day getting, I think, five rashes of bacon. And Paddy had the white paper out, got the rashes, weighed them, put them in the paper, and done this amazing wrapping job on the bacon without any sellotape or nothing, held it all together. I thought, that's fantastic. I loved that shop. I also remember, I think it was Tony McGrath's shop in the Bullring in Ardnagrina. So I would love to do a podcast on those corner shops that are no longer with us. And back in those days, it was kind of like those shops that were built onto houses, on the side of houses. And if I'm leaving out any shops in town, please let me know. Email theclonmailpodcast at gmail.com or get me through Facebook Messenger as well. But if you know anyone who would like a chat who used to work in one of these old corner shops or maybe they were once owned by their parents, get in contact, please, or get them to get in contact because I would love to do a podcast on those small shops that are no longer with us. Anyway, moving on. Powerstown National School got the go-ahead this week after seeking application for three additional classrooms. This will also include three resource rooms, assisted user bathroom, storage area, plant room and entrance canopy. The Clonmel Library in Mickdale Square is also getting a makeover. Plans are underway with the space set to nearly double in size with two new floors going on the existing 34-year-old building. There are also talks of a new exhibition and performance area with a new digital and study area. Now, have you heard about the Tip Tick Tock Challenge, which is quite hard to say, with Tipperary Sports Partnership? It's open to schools, sports clubs, youth clubs and groups with great prizes to be won. Go to tipperarysports.ie for more details and on how to enter. Now, I've got some jobs for you on the Clonmel podcast. Clonmel Waste Disposal are looking for a plant fitter HGV mechanic. It's a full-time position and apply with CV to HR at clonmelwaste.ie. That's HR at clonmelwaste.ie. Bulmers are looking to hire a general operative. Check out ie.indeed.com. That's ie.indeed.com. Hotel Manella are looking for a yard person work rider. Get more info on jobsisland.ie. That's jobsisland.ie. And the Mary Street Medical Centre are looking for a part-time medical receptionist. Excellent interpersonal and computer skills are required. It's an immediate start. And for more information, go to their Facebook page. EMTS Training Solutions in town are holding a Community First Response Advance course for the 8th of May at 9.30. Get more information on their Facebook page and details of other courses they are holding too. The Tipperary Education and Training Board are holding a Special Needs Assisting Level 6 online training course. It's running for 10 weeks and starts on April the 20th. More details on their Facebook page or at www.tipperaryetb.ie. Now, how about some online bingo? House? Oh, yes. St. Mary's Hunting Club are having theirs again tomorrow, Saturday at 8pm. Lots of great prizes to be won, including the €1,000 snowball. Get more details on their Facebook page. And let's face it, what better way at the moment to spend your Saturday night, glass of wine in one hand and playing online bingo in the other. Best of luck to everyone taking part in that.
Now, there's been a baby food recall from the Food Safety Authority of Ireland. It's the Optimal Oats Raisin and Apple Birch and Muesli 10 plus mumps. Pack size is 275 grams. All batch codes and best before date is the 16th of the 1st, 2021. And also the Optimal Multigrain and Fruit Muesli 10 plus mumps. Pack size, once again, 275 grams. All batch codes. Best before date is the 16th of the 1st, 2022. This cereal may contain apple stalks. Get more information on the FSAI website and do look out for that too. The Tipperary Museum of Hidden History are holding a free online event tomorrow, Saturday. It's the IRA in Great Britain, 1919 to 1923, and it's presented by Dr. Derek Gannon from the Queen's University, Belfast. It commences at 10.30am on YouTube, and for more information, go to hiddenhistory.ie or check out the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History Facebook page. Now, time for this week's interview. I don't know about you, but I was fairly curious to know what goes on at a funeral director's. So I went along to see John O'Donoghue from John O'Donoghue and Sons Funeral Directors in Kickham Street for a bit of a chat. The Club Mail Podcast. I've come to John O'Donoghue and Sons Funeral Directors here in Kickham Street, and I'm talking to John O'Donoghue. John, welcome to the Club Mail Podcast. Thank you. How long have you been in business? Uh, we are 100 years no. This year. 100 19, years? 1921. Wow. Same building? Yes. Here in Kirkham Street? Yes. What was it like back then? Obviously, stories you would have heard because you're not that old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, very different to, to, to today. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think 1921. Horse-drawn hearses, maybe? Yes. Yeah? Um, horse-drawn hearses, either a single horse or a pair of horses. Really? Yes. What was Kirkham Street? What would it have been like here back in 1921? Uh, we had a row, a row of small houses across the road from us. That's where the car park is now? Yes. Yeah. Um, there was a row of houses opposite the high school and in front of the high school. Um, the Christian Brothers Primary School wasn't there. And either was the Kicking Park or the New Line, as, some pe- as the older people would call it, it would be in from the traffic lights of Peter and Paul's Primary School up to Oakville. That road was only built in the 60s. Oh my God. And some of the older generation would still call it the new line. The new line? Yes. That's, that's, that's amazing. What was it like growing up around the funeral directors? Well, it was often a fun time well, for us as kids around here. Um, any of the kids that lived in the neighbourhood would have played hide-and-go-seek in here. Really? Yes. Um, <laughs> And you played hide-and-go-seek in the coffins, as well as everybody else, <laughs> including the stables and the funeral home. Um, really? Yes, it was either in or out of hide-and-go-seek. And a few people have come into me in the past, uh, older generation, and said, yes, I played hide-and-go-seek in here as a kid. That's brilliant. Yeah. And as a child, I mean, you would be around, obviously, dead people, yes. bodies. Did you find that a bit scary, eerie uh, at first? Yes. I'm sure as a kid, you'd be quite curious to peek ahead for the door and see what's in the coffin. Yes, uh, I think the first time I had that experience was up in the St. Joseph's Hospital mortuary and with my dad. And we went into the mortuary to collect somebody there and he turned around and he said to me, um, I must go out to the hearse for the habit, which was part of the clothing at the time. And he was probably gone maybe a minute or two, but it felt like 20 minutes. 
But yeah, my father had a, an old saying which uh, is very true today: uh, "The dead will never harm you." Still living that well. Yes, I've I've heard that as well. Yes. Now, COVID nineteen restrictions came in. Only ten people allowed at the moment. Yes, at the funeral. How are you finding that? Very hard for families. Yeah, uh, very hard to try and say to the families. Um, you know, there's only ten of you allowed into the church um, when there's ten or fifteen immediate members of a family. Uh, it's something that I think the government need to look at a small bit more closely. As of today, they did make announcement of the raising the number to twenty-five. Still there. Still, it's it's very hard for families. And also, I mean, Irish funerals are kind of known for hundreds, yeah, thousands. You know, yeah. yeah. So when you're told ten people only. Yes, it's very hard to to please as well. But then, who who does please? Yes, well, if in, more in, than in, ten. Yeah, in the church, it has to be. The, it is the responsibility of the, the clergy there, or in the cemetery. It's it's the same with the local authority. But it's hard, very hard to tell people to go away. Yeah, it must. You know, yeah. people are grieving. They've come to see maybe relatives or very close mm. friends, and you're told, "Listen, there's only ten, and that's it." Yeah, you know. Hopefully, we'll get through this. Please sooner yeah. rather than later and are you busy at the moment uh, it's just thankfully south Tipperary has has been quite enough as regards covid deaths and we're not complaining there it's it's you know some people we've known some people very well who've died and it's been very hard in the families now moving on yes um i see a ray of coffins around as well mm. do they come in all shapes and sizes yes okay so has there ever been a situation where someone has either been too big or too tall for the coffin? Yes, um, has there? Yes, we've we've we, you know we would go back to our our suppliers and would get the longer coffin or the wider coffin, whichever the case may be. We would carry a, a, a range of sizes in stock to meet the requirements. the requirements of the deceased. And would you find that people may have requested a certain type of coffin? or a coffin to be customised in any way? Yes, yes. Some people have looked for different colours. One person looked for a little window. And really? Yes. <laughs> uh, that was his request person to me a number of years ago. I thought it strange at the time, but yeah, it, it, but that's what he asked for. And would you find people do that? They say, listen, uh, they might come to you, go, John, I know at some stage I'm going to pass away. Hmm. I'd like A, B or C. Yeah, people would regularly come into us and sit down and talk to us and say, look, I would like to make my funeral arrangements with you and I'd like, is this possible? Is A possible? Is B possible? And we would tell, advise them what can and can't happen. And it's very, it has, compared to what it was a few years ago, um, it's quite common for people to pre-do mm. their funeral arrangements. You know? Especially if they live in their own. Well, that's understandable, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It what about certain requests to have things buried with them? Has anyone ever asked for a mobile phone to be buried with them in the coffin? Yes. They have? Yes. And a bottle of whiskey and a playing cards and their favourite cigarettes. Really? Yes. But you see, with the mobile phone, I, I heard a, a story there last year. It was becoming quite common. And the reason mm. behind that was in case they actually realised they weren't dead. Yes. And they could make a call inside the coffin to you go John <laughs> can you come and take me out yeah I haven't come across that one now yes and also I have to ask a question if you don't mind me asking this mm -hmm. question has anybody ever woken up 
in the coffin. I haven't found that one out. You haven't? No, you know. no, no. There has been stories of, of going back years ago where people were found in the coffin that had, had woken up after they had died. When it was that way. Oh my God. Yeah. Were you ever freaked out working here as well? Even maybe in the early days, uh, I don't know if you work at night time, you know, you'd be thinking of, you know, I'm looking around seeing coffins in here, running funeral directors, yeah. I'm thinking people that have sadly passed away. But did you ever get any strange experiences over the years? Um, I had one or two um, while I worked, not necessarily in here, um, where somebody was killed on the roadside and we were at the scene and we removed them to the hospital. And uh, mobile fo phone went off. Oh, no. uh, thinking it was my own mobile phone, I went to answer it and then mm. realised it wasn't my mobile phone. Stairs. Yes, the hair, the, the hair that sort of stood in the back of the head, you know. Oh my God. The neck. How do you handle the emotions with the job? Uh, when, unfortunately, you have to, I suppose, you know, you, you family comes into you, mm. you know, you have to comfort them and help them through their, their bereavement. And, but when it comes to your own doorstep, you know, family or friends, it's the same as everyone else. Your, you know, your emotions do kick in and... You know, usually with a family funeral, I'd, we'd start to take a step, a small step back and let one of my staff look after the things that has to be done. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, escape time for yourself where you like to say, listen, here's what I like to do, get away from the, the job and, and do certain things? Yeah, yeah. To yeah. clear your head? I do, yeah. That's, that's, oh, well, I enjoy my job too, you know what I mean? Um, if you didn't, you're in the wrong place, you know. Can you give me a quick synopsis as to, I, I must be honest with you, I'm not too sure about it. God forbid, here's a scenario for you. Um, you're at home and a relative passes away. Mm -hmm. What's the procedure for someone? Well, if someone they wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, if someone dies suddenly, you need to contact uh, either the ambulance service or your own doctor. You know, if sadly the person has passed away, the ambulance service will look make sure you know will verify that they had died they will in turn call the guardy who will act as the county coroner and who will inform will look for a, a doctor to attend the scene um or the house uh, to verify that person has has died um once that happens then the local coroner's contractor undertaker would would attend the scene and remove the remains to the local hospital for a post-mortem and then it would be up to the family themselves what funeral director they would want to so if it was yourselves would give you they'd make contact yes, with you yes, guys yes, yeah. and you'd do the rest of yes, the arrangements yeah, yeah. and look after everything for them i hope i'm not the only one who wasn't too sure about There's that that's, that's why yeah. i asked the question yeah, it, 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 and if you're in shock as well you've woken mm. up and someone has passed away in the house yes it's yeah, thinking, it, what, what do i do it, it's a common question you know family would ring you up and you know, the first thing, John, I don't know where to, what to do here. Where to start, yeah. Yes, and, you know, we'll reassure them that we'll do thing, everything for them and we'll sit down, we'll talk to them and see what they want. Now, let's move on to about John O'Donoghue, the man, the boy. Yes. So you grew up in Kickham Street here in Cornell. Yes. Okay, where'd you go to school? Went to school at first in the Sisters of Charity, like a lot of young boys, you did junior infants and senior infants there. Went to Peter and Paul CPS school there on Kicking Street, and from there then to the Christian Brothers High School. And after that, then I spent the latter two years in the technical school. 
Good memories of your childhood at school? Yes. Enjoy school? Yeah. Didn't like it. Wanted to get out as soon as I could. <laughs> what did a young John want to do? I wanted to be a mechanic. Right. Which I did. I uh, started working in garages 13, 14 years of age. Part really? Time. Yeah. Like uh, a part-time Saturday job, that sort of yes, thing, or after yeah, school? after school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah in a um, garage here in Kickham Street. Were you getting paid for it? Yes, I was, yeah. How much did you earn? Uh, I think around 10 or a week or something. Wow. Like <laughs> <laughs> On my bike, <laughs> yeah. And where was, sorry, where was the garage? The garage here was in Kickham Street also, with Cahill Motors. Really? Whereabouts in Kickham Street? Yeah, just literally located? 50 yards here, where Superquin is now. No way. Yeah, or it used to be, yeah. Uh, so I spent from the age of 17 there to... 23. Uh, my dad suddenly died in 1988. And it was sort of the National Pro- Progressive Life supposed to come in here and take over the business. So um, my uncle was here as well with my father, so he sort of semi retired at the time. And it was all then left down to me. And How mother, old were you then? 23. Wow, that's very young to yeah, be, to be a taken charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, thankfully to the assistance of my uncle and my mother at the time, we we kept the business going, which my forefathers would have wanted, you know. And what was Clonmel like back when you were growing up? Um, would this been what, the 70s, 80s? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was it like back then for you? Enjoyable. Uh, you could walk down the town at night, no problem. Like we cycled around the streets, we played football on the streets, um, wasn't keen sportsmen or anything like that. Um, you knew everyone too, and you know you could knock at anyone's door and walk in the door. I remember coming on the holidays, and my auntie Mary, who was living in Stevedon Road, mm. and her key would be in the door. Yes, yes. Back then. Yeah. Do you remember those yes. days when the yes. key was yeah. in the door? Yeah. Or you might hang it out of a bit of a string yeah. if you were going out at night time. If somebody was going out, they'd have it at the string behind the letterbox. Yeah, box. but even during the door, you just turn the key and walk in. That was it. Yeah. You know. Or if you're if you come home and your parents weren't were, had been gone out, you'd go into the neighbour's house to as the babysitting till they came home, you know. Yeah, good days. And where where did you um, hang out? Um, I lived in Willem Street as a kid. Oh, ah, okay. Kid, and then um, I lived in Queen Street, but spent I suppose most of my years around Kickham Street. I suppose um, playing with with the lads here in the street and. There was a good gang around here, you know. As you said, you earlier you were playing hide and seek. Yes. In the funeral yes, parlour. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what about your friends? How did they feel that you were, you know, the family business was a, a funeral directors? As, look, I, I, going to school, I picked up the name Buddy, which was my grandfather's nickname. Right. And uh, even still today, certain friends of mine and uh, people I would have associated going to school would still call me Buddy today. So it's, I inherited the nickname uh, going, to, going to school. I was, I think it was in primary school when people started calling it to me, but it was my grandfather Buddy would have been uh, a well-known character here in the town and funeral director as well. So he, the name has, has stuck. If you hadn't been involved in the funeral directors, what would you have liked to have done? Um, my, my, I always had a sort of, I suppose, maybe a passion for the fire service. Yeah. Um, I probably was from my time here. Living locally, the fire station was only around the corner. In Kickham Street? Uh, in, in Emmett Street. Emmett Street? Yes, opposite the Garda station. Is that where it was? Yes. Oh, wow. 
and the air raid siren would would go off letting the whole town know that there was a, a really? fire call or a yes so there's a fire in town the this huge siren would go off which the yes. whole town would hear yes oh my god even you could hear a little Marlefield. and that was beside the fire station yeah it was up cross road on the council building it would go off even during the night so it could uh, be two or three o'clock in the oh, morning. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Wake the whole town up. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I remember back in uh, when the console went on fire, I was only a kid at the time, and the siren went off, and of course, there was so much panic the same night, uh, and it was only literally around the corner from the fire station, that someone forgot to turn it off. And oh, it, was, it blared for maybe half an hour at the time. You know? When did they stop using that air raid siren? Uh, to the best of my knowledge, around the 80s when they moved up to the Cordon Fire Station on Haywood Road. And the firemen then started getting alerters that they would carry on them, you know. Yeah, totally different way of yes, communicating. Yeah, some, 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 um, some towns in County Cork still use the air raid siren as a, a means of, of a backup call system. I'm sure the town of Clonmel was very happy when they stopped using the air I'm raid sure the neighbours in, 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 in Emma Street were, you know. <laughs> so you would have been involved in the fire service if yes. you hadn't been yeah, would have working been, here. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to be driving the fire engine as well? Oh, yes. I'm sure you've got memories of the, the old fire engine coming out of the, the building there in Emma Street. Oh, it would have, yeah. yeah. It would come up here, up, to, up through what's now Marketplace and... I would turn right there at Bumbles to come out onto the Kickham Street there to go left or right up Kickham Street and on the bells. The old bells and the fire yes, engines yes, too. Yes, Yeah, they're, they're so different towards what they are now. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know those classic fire engines with the big ladder on top and the bells, the two shiny chrome bells yes, on yeah. the front of the truck going along. And did you ever get the chance to get inside a fire engine at all? Yes, I have, I have an old fire engine. Um, you, you actually bought a fire engine? Yes, yes. Wow. Uh, it's an old one that serves in Clamwell back in the early 60s. So it's one of the ones from the town? Yes, WHI217. Really? Yes. Do you ever take it out for a spin? Uh, yes, I have done. Really? Uh, on, on, a few, <laughs> on a few vintage ones. Brilliant. Oh, I'd love to see yeah. that fire engine. That must be amazing. Pristine condition? Uh, yes, yes. As Everything uh, on it still working? Everything is on, on it working. They have water pumps with it? Yes, yeah. hoses, ladders. Bells, blue oh, lights. That's fantastic. Were we ever allowed to put the blue lights and the bells on? Uh, yes, we. a few of us went to a vintage show in West Carpenter a few years ago and we were allowed to put on the bells and the, and the lights uh, going through the tunnel in Cork oh. with a guard escort. Must have felt really good, yes, did it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, speaking of transport, mm. just going back for a moment, hearses. Yes. Has the hearse ever broken down on the way to a funeral? No, thank God. Oh, that would be a bit embarrassing, I yes. suppose, if it did happen. Well, look, any car can break down, True, so yeah. you know, you you'd, um, you tend to keep it proper service, but who knows, they can, you know, and a belt can break or water hose can go at any time, you know. And if you're looking for a hearse, do you buy a normal car and get it converted? Yes. Ah, there's someone who actually does that. Yes, there's four builders in, in Ireland that would convert hearses. I know a few that have bought hearses and transformed them into things like campers and yeah, yeah, things. big thing in England. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, um, U2 had a hearse when they started off first. Did they? Yes. What, to chauffeur their equipment around? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine pulling up in one of those? You're <laughs> <laughs> thinking, what's, what's going on there, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. This, this band gets out as well. Yeah. 
So listen, it's been a pleasure to have you on the no podcast. Problem. Thank you so much for okay. inviting me here today and showing me around John O'Donoghue and Sons Funeral Directors here in Kickham Street. If people do want to contact you, what number should they call? 052-6121809. Okay, John, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. The Club Mail Podcast. Thank you, John. Now, coming next week, the lads from Debunked. Hey, this is Jamie. Hi, this is Evan. We're from Debunker and Debunked. And we are looking forward to joining Mark on the podcast next week. Tune in. Until then, look after one another and stay safe. If you'd like to contact the Clomo Podcast, please do. You can email theclomopodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Also, check out the website www.theclomopodcast.com. This podcast was brought to you by the Showground Shopping Centre with Eason, Macaulay Pharmacy, The Gourmet Butcher, Costa, Hale and Tech Mac are some of the 10 stores currently trading, along with MS, Argos Deals, and Iceland. The Showground Shopping Centre Clonmel. Shopping made easy. Until next week, stay safe. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.